Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 52 of the F Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes and on SoundCloud. If you have any comments, questions or feedback during the show, Please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. So let me introduce you to the team this week. And first up, he wants to feel your touch, your vibrations. <laughs> it is, of course, Nathy. He's been playing with Haptics this week. How are you doing, dude? You all right? Yes, I had a great week. Plus, I am finally back on track. I hope everyone missed me. That would be a good sign, I guess. <laughs> I, I did miss like the stream last week because... You know, I went to Gamescom 2 and there was so much hype. I was like, oh, I can talk about this and that. Um, but I mean, the, the boxing match was fun too. So, I mean, uh, you know, I found a good balance between like having like a week off because I think it's kind of cool to sometimes, you know, have some of you guys interacting without someone else and then see how that goes. You know, we're always like the, the, the force of like four people together, but then you have like a different kind of like, you know, juice to it, like a different flavor, if you know what yeah. I mean. So, so let us know in the comments, you know, if you, if you missed Nathy or maybe you yeah. didn't. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> if not, then maybe I should uh, leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to have you back, dude. I'm glad to have you back. Same. Did you enjoy the boxing, by the way, before we move on? It, it was great, dude. Like, it was uh, one of the, the funniest, like, boxing <laughs> matches I've ever seen. You yeah, weren't disappointed no. with the draw? No, no, like it was just a, like you got clickbaited in the end, but yeah, I, it, yeah. it was still kind of like fun to watch in the end. So yeah, I had cool. great time. Gl glad you had a good time. So next up, when he's not exploring, he's smashing things up in VR. You will love him when he gets rowdy in it, of course, the rowdy guy. How you doing, dude? You are right? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I, I've been uh, smashing some stuff up this week, although my wall is fixed. You know, it's been freshly painted today. That's what, what I've been doing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough week, you know, with, with the renovations and trying to, like, uh, get some recordings in there as well. But uh, I'm, I'm finally back on schedule, and I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. You know, back to my, my three videos a week, trying to push it a bit more still since I got my, my own new room. So yeah, I'm I'm doing all right, man. Awesome. I love the fact you've got this like pristine white wall that's soon going to be covered in like little black scuff marks from like controllers <laughs> striking it. Definitely. Uh, I look forward to seeing those appearing over <laughs> the next few. How weeks. are the fumes there, Rowdy? Uh, it's all right. It's not, it's not that bad. You know, I was expecting a bit worse, but I've been airing the place out the entire day, so it's it's not yeah. that bad yet. Yeah. If Rowdy just dozes off midstream, we all know why. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so next up, this guy loves nothing more than to rave it up into the wee small hours in virtual reality nightclubs. It's, of course, Zimtok5. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm great. Actually, when I did it, Mike, I, I did the uh, the first the UK offering of that. So uh, it was actually at 7 p.m. It was it was uh, not in the early hours of the morning, <laughs> oh. thankfully, because there was okay. a second showing for U.S. people at 3 a.m. our time. So, oh, you're uh, telling me they're actually catering for people in the Europe now? Like, we actually exist? We're actually valid people now? We are, we are actually humans. We count. Wow. We count. No, that was Thank great. Thank you. Thank you, The Wave. We'll be talking more about that in a bit anyway. Uh, but last but by no means least, myself, host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Thumper coming to the Oculus Go. We ask you, will you be able to handle this rhythm violence on the go? We'll find out. 
uh, the Acer OJO 500 headset, a new VR headset with a name that just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> and finally, Oculus's education program. We talk about how Oculus are paving the way for the future of education in virtual reality. But of course, first up, let's find out what everyone's been playing in VR this week. And let's kick it over to, who will it be? Let's let's, let's find out what Nathie's been playing this week first. Hey, since, since we we missed you so much, apparently. So yeah. the chat is saying that. Yeah. So I haven't played that much, to be honest with you guys. I um, I tried Transference last week, but, uh, you know, Mike wanted to talk about that one. So I have to talk about other stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's fine. Because I played something way more awesome, and that is uh, Tarn. Uh, hmm. An escape uh, game, a, a mysterious one, a sci-fi, like, detective kind of, like, title, right? Um, and... Um, that was so awesome. Like that was something else, something new. Um, so Torn is a game about you being a video blogger that finds an old abandoned mansion that you are not allowed to enter. So you just have to ignore the, the warning signs everywhere and just, just hope for the best. Um, and then you need to solve all kinds of puzzles. And there is someone living inside this place that helps you out and tells all kinds of stories. Um, I just want to kind of keep it like mysterious so we don't like spoiler anyone, but it's, um, it's, it's so cool. Like, um, since there isn't that much going on within the PC, uh, uh area right now, VR wise, this was like a refreshing, uh, uh, puzzle game. Uh, of course, like PlayStation is like stealing the show at the moment. Like mm. PC people should be like kind of ashamed of themselves for not owning a PSVR because that's where the magic happens at this moment. So mm. yeah, Thorn is a uh, lovely um, puzzle game. Like the puzzles are not that hard. It's more about the storytelling uh, there. So if you if you like a a good story, uh, then uh, yeah, this is one you might want to uh, try out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like, uh, you know, in terms of puzzle games, it's not the best puzzle game because the puzzles are overly simple, I think. And there's very little sort of variety to them. It's just basically putting objects in the right place within a circuit and completing a circuit. But like you mentioned about the story, it's the story that really pulls you through that game. It's got a really interesting story that was kind of inspired by like the Twilight Zone and Black Mirror. And you can kind of get that vibe, which you do get more sort of towards the end of the game. Um, but it's the story really that pulls you through and is the most interesting thing about this game but it's on psvr as well so like you said the psvr owners are really having a great week in terms of vr content um but yeah it was an interesting one for sure i, I i've got a bone to pick with it actually although i think that the sound design the graphics are good um straight off the bat um somebody called that out in the audience as we were playing it and uh the the protagonist i think is one of the weakest parts about the whole thing she turns from being a character you can respect into kind of a bubblehead, and I really didn't appreciate that because I thought we were going to have a game that, that didn't go down that path, and mm. then it did. Um, and then two other that... things were the clutter and the locomotion. So mm -hmm. I, those three things for me are bugbears on Torn, and it, it almost makes me want to not revisit it. You know, the lo locomotion is troubled. Uh, I don't know why that's the case. And the rooms are very cluttered. Objects at, you know react in a way that I remember last seeing in DK two days, you know, things like jittering like crazy when you touch them to each other. So I guess that's the engine that they used. In terms of the narrative, I'd be interested to know, like, was it that she was so willing to go along with the whole story that bothered you so much that she wasn't resistant to it? Is that what you was 
that bothered no, you about it? it? It's a lot of the, so it's a lot of the, it's a lot of the, the remarks that she makes um, when either the, uh, the characters in the game, I won't spoil any of it, um, are reacting to her, her right. remarks, her commentary, her feedback, her thought process that's verbalized really didn't take to that. All the other characters, uh, there's a male character in it as well that I thought was very well done. But it was it was such a shame to me that the the lead character that you're playing as mm. wasn't stronger. You know, mm. I do agree. It's a, it's still a worthwhile story to dive into. I think the environment was really cool. I like the puzzles because they, um, albeit being simple, it's a game mechanic we haven't quite seen before. Yeah. Uh, in that way, so I thought that was well thought out. But there are just a few editorial changes and and really just that lead character that I, for me, so just to give, give it. A dig a bit of fairness is having seen the finale that might be explained. Okay. Uh, so just kind of to put it, it out there, like I don't want to spoil explained. anything like you said. It might be explained why she's kind of the way she is, if you know what I mean. But uh, seriously, about though, like the, yeah. the, the, the soundtracks that you hear in this game are one of the best tracks I ever heard in a VR game. Like the, the, the level of quality of that. It's not mm. a, another developer going to uh, freesoundtracks.com or I don't know where they go to get their tracks. But this stuff, like... I, I liked even like I liked the tracks even more than 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 the visuals uh, in mm. the end, and it really sucked you yep. into that story. It really led you towards every. It, it was genius. So this this shows once again that there are development studios out there that you know they write a script first, they think about what music they want, the visuals, everything together. It just worked, you know. Mm. And it's not another game where they just think like, hey, maybe I should create a great gameplay mechanic and, and then I built the game with that. No, like start with the script, then make the music and the visuals and the way you, you, you play the game, like do it in the right order instead of, you know what mm. I mean? So this one showed that if you do it in the right order, it makes total sense. And, and the mm. cool thing about this game was it was the first title that was actually developed in-house by Aspire, the developers of this game. Like previously, they, they port games from PC to Mac, like uh, Borderlands and Call of Duty and, and Bioshock Infinite. But this was the first game they've actually developed. So I think it was a great start for them as a studio in terms of developing their own games because uh, they've obviously got these connections within the gaming industry that they've you know made throughout the years. So if they can sort of build on this, what they've already made in this game with that kind of story-driven narrative, some interesting yeah. sort of environments to explore and some interesting mechanics and gameplay then i think you know this is going to be a studio that we can keep an eye on in the future for sure um but yeah let, let's move on then let's find out what um what rowdy's been playing in, in vr this week yeah this week i've, I've played uh, i've finally been able to get back into into some virtual reality games and i've actually gotten uh quite involved in uh, the uh, the titanic vr experience uh, from uh, immersive mm. education we talked about this before but since you know uh, mike wanted to play talk about transference and nathan wanted to talk about <laughs> Thor, and i played two and i wanted to talk i kind of was you know set back all the way to the back and i had to talk about that but no that, that's fine i actually i actually really enjoyed that one it, it was one of those experiences that was like like um, it, it, they're doing VR differently, and I, I kind of really appreciate that. You know, they, they're not going for the hardcore gameplay or the wave shooter, but they, they're trying to like bring something new to the table. And I think that's a very, very good thing about that uh, that experience. I don't know if I should call it really a game. I mean, it is. It has some game mechanics to it, uh, but it's more as a as an immersive experience. That's where it's aimed at, but with uh, certain game mechanics. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, 
I think it's a fantastic title in the way that they they bring it about the story and uh, you know you get quite involved into it you learn a lot about it as well like I didn't expect that to happen um I, I've currently recorded I think two episodes of that one now uh, they're not doing that well on the channel but uh, I actually really enjoyed those kind of things as well to just to, to just to experience it yeah which um which parts of it did you sort of uh, enjoy the most because there's kind of a well, there's kind of three different parts to it, right? There's like a passive uh, experience. You just sit there and watch the events of like the Titanic uh, unfold. Spoiler, it sinks. Um, and then you've got like the bits where you kind of go into a submarine and actually explore the wreck yeah. itself at the, the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I, and I then, did that Yeah. I okay. Did and then it. did you do any of the lab ones where you recover the items? Uh, yeah, you yeah, 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 in the lab? yeah. I did yeah, that yeah, one yeah. as well. I did, the, the thing what I what I liked about it most is that I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of like, you know, the big open ocean. And, uh, you know, it always freaks me out of like, you know, what is yeah. beneath the surface and like, you know, how deep am I really? And is this thing safe? You know, uh, even on a boat, yeah. I'm always a little bit wary of those kind of things. Um, but like being in a submarine, I really, really got that feeling of like, I need to be careful here, you know, like uh, the, something could happen or like, you know, the, and also because everything looks so rusty and so, so grimy and, you know, you, this very confined space of like the submarine that you're in. So they, they really captured that really well. And of course, like the lab experience, you know, I, I work in the lab myself. That was hilarious since I had no idea at all what I was doing because people always think, you know, uh, the guy who works in the lab. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> no way you know you have so many different things that you can do in a lab and i was like completely messing everything up i was putting the papers in the acetone and i definitely shouldn't have done that but uh, it all turned out fine and i still got my forty-five thousand dollars a day so uh yeah it was well it's good money good money if you can get it yeah. <laughs> okay so let's uh, pass it over to zim then what have you been playing this week then mate a uh, whole myriad collection of things. One of the things I wanted to go back to was get back into, into my Oculus Go. Um, so mm. the thing that probably shocked me the most because it really fit with my kind of dark, uh, I was almost going to say dark humor. I wouldn't say dark humor, but I, I like dark movies, dark, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Face Your Fears, which is a modular based game, Quite a simple one, old old thing. Uh, has has a, a a module to it called the betrayal, and I really like that. Um, yeah. Let's just you know, it's like the old, it, it's the ex girlfriend kind of thing, and I won't say any more. But that yeah. one for me, it was just chilling, and it stood out to me as the thing of the week kind of uh, yeah. sign from Wave, which we'll talk about later. Um, and and because I don't I don't want to talk in too much depth about it. The only other quick thing I'll mention is um, I got a chance on PSVR. If you haven't checked out The Last Guardian, um, it's a really special experience where you have some people, I, I obviously are a console fan, you'll know the, of The Last Guardian, but I didn't know of it. Um, and you have this large pet, I don't remember the name of it, something starting with a T. It's kind of like a half cat, half dog thing with kind of stumped wings and um, it's massive. And uh, I put my daughter in, in, in the PSVR and, and the caveat to any parents who do this, she loved it so much that when the demo ended, she was really upset that she couldn't keep playing. <laughs> so uh, it's, and this game only released, uh, this demo only released December last year. So it's not been out that long. Uh, and I, I'm really now, I haven't looked yet, but I'm really curious if that project is still alive and if it is planning to come out. So release date on uh, The Guardian is, is certainly something I'm looking for, but it's free if anyone wants to try it. That's The Guardian VR. Awesome, nice. awesome. And, and, and interesting, you mentioned uh, about Face Your Fears. Like uh, the one that you mentioned is one that is on my list of 
ones to try because I've tried uh, the heights one. I've tried the spiders one, which was terrifying. I've tried the the the, the plane one where the plane breaks in half, and that's the terrifying as well. One? If you tried, that uh, I tried the strange things, things ones yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah that was like pretty that scary one. as well. So yeah, if you the, the interesting thing about that though is that most of these experiences are exclusive to the Oculus Go. They're not actually yeah. on the Rift version of the game. So if you've got a go, then it's kind of a great opportunity to go and try them out. They are paid for, but I think they're like 60p each or something. Yeah, they're, each, basically. they're definitely worth it because especially if you've got friends that you want to just kind of creep them out or, or make them scream <laughs> or make a viral video on Facebook, then you could just film them uh, while they experience it. But yeah, it, it, they're, they're truly terrifying. Literally the spiders thing. I've, I've never been so freaked out in VR in my life. <laughs> you but should like, try. I, was, I was surprised. You know, the, the cloud of that game uh, on Go compared to its PC version. I played the PC version about a year ago, and I was yeah. like, this is rubbish, right? <laughs> but then getting the Go, it's it's actually one of the stronger experiences. And if someone wants is begging for a scare, and the Go or VR is their first time in, you're like, chuck them in that. Take yeah. your pick. It's yeah. actually developed by uh, Turtle Rock, who made uh, Evolve on PC, which is, you know, to make something kind have, of... Weren't Turtle what Rock involved with Counter-Strike at one point? Possibly, possibly, I'm not sure. You should try like the the, the plane uh, experience on a plane. Oh God! <laughs> and, and record it. You gotta you gotta make yeah. sure you record that stuff as yeah. you're freaking out. People yeah. are just wondering who is this guy, and then you get like you know sectioned on a plane, and then or, you just go straight to an asylum when you land wherever so, you're going. So, like shouting, "We're crashing!" Or, or or you take a lot of girls with you on a plane, and you tell everyone like, "Hey, I will give you your first VR experience. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be the best <laughs> thing ever." And then everyone wears it at the same time, and then you crash together as well. That sounds like something like Darren Brown would do, you know, like some sort of weird Darren Brown experience. He gets out alive and everyone else just dies. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about sort of like disturbing things, I played uh, Transference, the water test case this week. You know, I, I mentioned it last week on the show that it was free to check out on PlayStation for VR and non-VR owners. Um, and this basically is a prequel that takes place years before the events of the main game, which is coming out soon. It's about 10 to 15 minutes long, but I have to say after experiencing this demo, I felt like a greater sense of understanding about what tra transference is all about, as opposed to the demo that I was given at Gamescom of the actual game itself. <laughs> so this this kind of short demo was condensed into like I say, uh, like a short little story uh, around a military veteran called Ted Walter, who is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and you witness firsthand how this impacts him and his family around him. Now, again, I, I won't spoil anything for you, but I'd urge you to check it out if you're interested in transference. Um, it's pretty heavy going, I will say. You know, it, it touches on some quite, you know, dark tones that are very sort of relevant in today's sort of society with a lot of soldiers going to war and struggling with post-traumatic stress. Um, however, it does use a clever mix of like very video narrative and this kind of gameplay and really sort of draws you into the world. Uh, it is very spooky. It is very surreal and it's not really for kids at all. So I would just put that caveat out there. <laughs> um, if you don't have a PSVR and you want to check it out, uh, I put the video up on my channel so you can check it out on the playthrough on my channel if you're interested in transference and knowing a bit of history about it. Um, but the full game itself will be be releasing on the 18th of September. It will be on PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, and also on uh, Pancake versions of the game on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. It really stood out as an interesting experience for me this week. I don't know if you guys have tried it as well. I think you've tried it as well, Zim, right? You've played it at a show previously. 
I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, as a PTSD simulator, it's kind of the best thing you've got there. And I, I'm really curious where they go with the full game. It actually gave me a bit of an ab abduction vibe mm. because the uh, psychologist or whomever is speaking to you. It's, it's very similar, like the intro to abduction where they have these characters who are talking to you and it feels a little like odd and disconnected from the story that you're playing, but there's tiebacks. So yeah, it's a yeah. mental one. So you're intrigued about the full game as well, right? Yeah, I, I definitely will give it a go. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how they how they play it out. It's kind of weird. Like when you think of like Elijah Wood, he seems like this like nice little dude, you know, you just want to hang out with him, have a beer. And he's like creating this like really dark kind of experiences. You're like, mate, you know. <laughs> Did you just say little dude as well? Well, the thing is, he, he was a hobbit, wasn't he? So that's just how I see him in my mind now. Oh, but he's probably taller than me in real life. Like I'm actually a real life hobbit, so. <laughs> I, in terms I, I think like like uh, like honestly, for him to make something like this is like great to go into mm. a different direction than ever, like everyone knows him from you know all those movies he made, and I think he's kind of annoyed by it by now um, because I you know when I went to Gamescom I could record like a gameplay of Transference, and there were other YouTubers there too that had no clue what Transference was all about or. Iron. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Violence. Like, uh, <laughs> so, so there were like a lot of YouTubers out there, but they had no clue what this game was all about and, and, and what Transference was and uh, that Elijah Wood made it. So then after they recorded it, you could upload it to your like channels. There were people like, uh, this is a horror game from the Frodo Man. I'm like, oh my God, why? <laughs> why do you do this? Like, yeah. just, you know, stop. <laughs> Poor, poor guy, poor guy. But uh, no, I'm, I'm very excited for the release as well. Yeah. Very interested. So not long to wait now. So let's move on to our first bit of quick news this week. And that is Imogen Heap's show in The Way VR. So if you're not familiar with Imogen Heap, uh, she is a singer, songwriter, record producer and audio engineer from the UK. She's known for her real sort of forward thinking and adoption of technology to integrate with her music, such as using uh, gesture based gloves on stage and creating a platform for musicians using blockchain technology called Mycelia. Uh, in her latest project, she's collaborated with The Way VR, a global VR nightclub and stage for online musicians. And uh, she performed a show live last night, right, uh, in The Way VR. And they actually added like a hologram of her within the experience. Is that right? I So it's, it's, not, a, um, it's not a strictly live performance. What they've done is they've essentially scanned, she actually scanned, so her home, um, which is which is kind of like this dome, open dome-shaped room with a piano there. She was scanned herself. She was wearing special gloves as well, which added to the ability to make modifications as she was singing. So it was a live performance that was captured and then broadcast. It was a set of three songs, and it was kind of, you know, there was only an open, I think it was one hour in which you could join these events in rooms of 10 people. Um, and, and go in. All the rooms were maxed out as far as, as I saw for the hour. Um, and there were multiple instances. So you didn't get just get like capped at 10, but it would say like kickoff time in five, you know, five minutes, kickoff time in one minute. Um, and so there were instances firing off about, about every three to five minutes. Um, I went in three times, I think, seeing that and, and something from the Glitch Mob, which was a pre-recorded session. Um, it was my first time in the Way VR. And I have to say, it was like a, as, a, as an audiophile, uh, it was chillingly good audio the visuals were all in sync the way they handled uh i'll call it crowd control where you don't really want someone else to be spoiling the experience for you 
So they have almost uh, almost a cone of deafening, I'll call it that, where unless you're like shoulder to shoulder with somebody, like as if you were at a concert and you were whispering to them, you can't hear other people. They're not going to ruin your experience. So it actually mm-hmm. turned out to make for, I just accidentally kind of recorded it with Bandicam and I was like, oh, I'll just put it on. Why not? I'm going to go see this. You know, anytime I'm not live with my audience, it's a bit of a guilt trip because I don't get to share it with anybody. So I'll at least record it or whatever. But it actually turned out that after we were done seeing, um, as I said, a couple instances of this, we popped out and boom, Imogen Heap was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and she's like, she gets it. She gets the platform. She gets how all this works. I, I just, I honestly have chills running into somebody face to face like that. And such as intimate, like VIP post-show affair where she's talking about the gloves she's using, how she wants to split her live uh, her live music. So she's, she's got a stage. She's doing performances, say every Sunday mm-hmm. or every Saturday. I don't remember what she said. And, and the VR crowd are actually getting to watch at home and in a, in a different kind of LIDAR scanned model of the stage and her there live uh, with all that being fed to them. And, and she also said she wants, you know, screens to be mounted so she can view the VR audience while she's performing. So she's got the live audience and like, she's just so forward leading. I, I bought her album. I I just checked it because I've got it in the closet 13 years ago. And then I kind of, after that album, I just kind of lost track of her. So coming back again and finding her music again this way, and she covered one of her old songs. Um, amazing. Just incredible performance. It's and crazy. We'll come uh, back live. So when, when they come and they actually show them again and you can watch them in the wave, don't miss it. It's, it's crazy actually the- how, how virtual reality is like creating like new kind of media and new, new ways to like experience this mm-hmm. old kind of media. I think, I think that's amazing. Like that you can now like from the, from the comfort of your own living room can experience something so intensive basically as like a, a live performance which which feels like a live performance as well i think that's that's amazing yeah i watched some of your video and uh, like you say when she was in the sort of post show and she was talking with people engaging people from the crowd like a lot of people were like a little bit starstruck and it was like oh you know this thing was like oh, yeah. amazing singing its praises but also watching some footage from the event it looked almost like uh, hypnotic in a way, you know, sort of mesmerizing with the visuals and the music all kind of working in sync and you being a part of it with this sort of crowd. It almost kind of reminds me of that scene in the Matrix where everyone's kind of like going crazy and like dancing together. They're like, it's like we're almost getting there, you know, it's like, it kind of seemed really cool. But I haven't actually experienced uh, the wave re- uh, at all. And I, I kind of went in there to kind of explore the sort of lobby area, but I haven't actually been to an event. But after seeing what you've said about how cool it was. It's definitely on my list of things to do now. The, the thing for me was the intimacy. Because having been, I used to go to shows, uh, performances, concerts, that kind of thing, you know, be in the crowds, all that. I was not crowd surfing, <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't in the pit either. Not not when I couldn't help it. Um, but, you know, that kind of like post-show intimacy where you're talking to other people and just chilling out about like how, how well the event went, it felt like when you're coming out of theater. Like if you've ever been to London yeah. or one of these like kind of big cities and you come out and, you know, there's kind of a breakout area uh, during the intermission. That's what it feels That's like. Crazy. And I think they really nail it that way because it's not social in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're into more, if Imogen stuff isn't really your your cup of tea, the Glitch Mob have a pre-recorded thing in there. And that's what I recommend you do, Mike. Um, it's, it's it's very well done. It's a bit more techno-y. Um, and, and there's segments of social and interactivity and segments where it's you're just kind of watching and interacting with what's around you. Mm-hmm. So I think they did that cross-blend of of not too much social, not too much kind of just random people from the internet 
um, in the actual broadcast itself. So definitely and, worth checking out. And just other quick question before we move on: Do you uh, do you see other people dancing their actual dance moves? Yeah. So you you see um, so awesome. you can choose torso, head. Uh, those two are modifiable between say ten selections each. And then you have these like little pallet arms that kind of do that, and that's it. You know, but when people but are dancing, you, you can see their you can see their arms and that moving around and then bobbing up and down. You can. You... It's a bit of a restricted, almost like a stage. There's there's often a, like a half moon uh, or a semicircle where yeah. people can stand wherever they want. So you can stand next to a buddy and chat about it without bothering other people, or right. just sit at the back and watch yeah. everyone kind of. You so know, I can I can basically go in there and kneeling. that's the main thing. Like the 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 impression of this was so. Um, emotive that people yeah. were kneeling down and just kind of bobbing to the music you know it was cool we were sitting there in her living room like watching this very good that's awesome. insane like awesome. can you imagine like five years from now when like millions of people have headsets you can like perform in front of an audience of like a couple of million the yeah. the kind of scenes that you could create doing stuff like that like it's it's mind like i can just show everyone how like my cool dance moves you know that's why oh, yeah. <laughs> the thing is this is so quickly once it's convincing and people aren't nervous about getting a quality experience it'll be paid for you know this is yeah. this is very soon going to be a gated experience yeah. so right now well you get the opportunity while creators aren't necessarily able to monetize mm -hmm. this stuff uh, you know eat as much of it as you can is my suggestion <laughs> Cool, cool. Definitely going to check that one out. Thanks for that, Zim. So yeah. let's talk about something else that you're probably going to be quite excited about as well, and that is Subnautica Below Zero. So if you've played Subnautica and you've explored the depths of the sea and you've been face-to-face -face with Leviathan and you've seen it all, you'll be happy to hear that there is more coming soon. So the developers, Unknown Worlds, are building a standalone expansion to Subnautica called Subnautica Below Zero. And this is set in an icebound region of the planet of 4546B. You might be familiar with that if you're familiar with the game. Uh, and it leads after the events of the original game. So Below Zero will offer a new chapter to the universe. And the devs stated on their new site for the game that in the coming months, they will release an unfinished early version of the Below Zero in early access and then start beginning to sort of release consistent updates after that. Pretty much exactly what they did with the original game. Okay. Uh, it seems like the core mechanics, such as base building and open world exploration, will remain the same. However, the devs are also exploring sort of new ones, such as thermal management. So you need to manage your temperature regulation as well as sort of your oxygen is, levels and everything is else. Is this a, a DLC or is it like a separate game? In its Standalone. Own? Yeah. So, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll save so, my questions till you're done. Um, but the thing is, although they haven't confirmed 100% that it's coming to VR, I think a lot of uh, people assume that it will be. Is that is that fair to assume? Uh, it's been confirmed. It's already oh, it's they've been... already got VR build working for it. So, okay. uh, but but I'm is it going to be devs for a couple of years? And they they confirmed. They said not VR build is already working for it. So, yeah. um, they had a couple months ago, four or five months mm -hmm. ago, when Subnautica went 1.0, um, they had actually mentioned that they were intending to do a kind of full hog VR focus and do a VR patch on the original Subnautica. I, I didn't ask a direct question yet, but I suspect they are instead focusing on this project to VRify this, mm. then, you know, patch the old one. Uh, and and when you say VRify, is it like, like they did with the original one or is it going to be like, you know, finally like hand controllers? Is it going to be all that kind of stuff? No, no that, I didn't get any I'm answers. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get an answer. Sorry, Rowdy. I, I, I'll ask more probing questions. Uh, they, they, they kind of, um, and I, the thing is, Mike, I think that they are working 
on some tweaks and modifications and changes to the base game. Because that's why they, they reached out to me uh, when this news landed, literally like five minutes after the tweak went live. And they're like, Zim, we've got an experimental branch patch that we want you to test in Subnautica. Because one of the problems was the menu system that they have in the game was like a little mm -hmm. bit too close to the face. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, you could just move your head. And now apparently there's an option to be able to, I think, move it in and out by a slider in the menu, mm. but it wasn't working when they showed it to me. So um, mm. they're working on that one and the new one at the same time, sounds yeah. like. I think that was my biggest criticism of the game, you know, was that I, I didn't mind so much that it was controller-based, like a gamepad-based, you know, game. Uh, mm. But it was just the, the UI of the menus and uh, this sort of PDA, which gives you a lot of information about the game, if you're not familiar with it, it was very, very close to your eyes. So it, you almost had to go cross-eyed to read it. It was kind of quite uncomfortable. Uh, and I think that put a lot of people off as well, and especially because the VR version has been out for quite a while now. It seems like it's kind of taken a bit of time to change that like i don't know how easy that is to fix in game mm -hmm. but i'm hoping that alongside the new expansion that they also update the original to uh to make that sort of uh, i disagree just a little bit with that because i think that for because i i agree with that it's immersive still when you don't play with a controller but I just don't really see it as a VR game because I don't have the controller support because it's such a crucial thing in a game where like you need to be exploring, you need to be base building that you get like, you know, your hands there. And I really, really yeah. missed that one when I was playing it. It would have been so okay. much more awesome to be playing I, that I with, like, uh, I... with motion controllers. I kind of expected something like that with this new standalone uh, uh, title. But on the mm. other side, when Subnautica got developed, uh, you know, there were no motion controllers or, mm. well, there were hydras, but I mean... But now there are. Uh, yeah, now now there are. So maybe the, I don't know, next Subnautica game will have that. Maybe this is still like a part of that that old thing they did before i i don't think you can just change that out of nowhere you need to build a a, a new game from scratch this is still the formula they they used from from years ago but as this will be a standalone title maybe they will spend some time doing it because i think the, the reception from the vr community about subnautica was overall pretty decent i think yeah. right is i would love to yeah, play vr I, I mean, I, I agree with Rowdy. There's, there's been feedback, particularly in the last year, about Subnautica when they released, you know, full board. That a lot of people had, I'd say it's been mixed feedback because some mm -hmm. people are quite disappointed. Like Rowdy, I think is one of them, was quite disappointed that didn't have like proper VR support. For me, it, it sits on a shelf as one of the top three horror titles. A lot of people look at it and don't consider that it, the game's fucking terrifying. I mean, mm -hmm. it is. Trust me, if, you're, if you like open water with massive fucking creature who's going to get at you, like there was something inherent in you, the Neanderthal Zim says, feck that, I'm going back to my boat, you know? <laughs> and, and and the other two games I would say, because as Nathan was just saying, his comment there, Alien Isolation, Resident Evil 7, and Subnautica. Those are my three top uh, horror games. None uh, of them have motion controller support. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just want to drop this in real quick. I think we should ask the chat to draw us this week Neanderthalism. <laughs> I really want to see Neanderthalism. <laughs> yeah, scared, scared in a little like uh, subnautica pod. That's what we need to see. Um, Flintstones Flintstone in. So I guess I guess we're just going to have to wait uh, a little bit longer to find out yeah. if they're going to. I am have excited about it though. I am very but, excited yeah. about it. It's Kinda a cool really cool game. They're... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's move Their on. The website to... looks amazing as well. I would just recommend people yeah. to go and check that out because they do a website similar to the way Apple and Oculus have, where if you scroll down kind of slowly, things move and happen in the scene. So um, worth checking that out. And I noted yeah. that at the bottom there's a very large tail. So Ooh. okay. So. 
If you're into Gary tails, is probably not. <laughs> if you're into tails, it goes to this website. It's free. No premium. No premium account. You can just watch it. Free tails. Yeah. Subnautica below zero. Okay, cool. So let's move on to uh, our next game uh, in quick news this week, and that is uh, Stormland, because yesterday Insomniac and Oculus were showing off Stormland mm -hmm. at PAX. They had a little pop-up event separate from PAX that you could attend for free and try uh, Stormland yourself. And this was the first time since the announcement of the game that we actually got to see some full gameplay you know so it was kind of interesting i actually watched the live stream from cass and cherry playing the game and uh, i have to say my first impressions of what i saw from the gameplay were actually pretty good um you know we know that you you play this kind of robot gardener who's working on a planet then you know these invaders come in they destroy you leave you for dead you get revived somehow and then you have to kind of rebuild yourself piece by piece by collecting uh, minerals uh, in the game and then kind of building components to like kind of upgrade yourself which is kind of cool um, and from what i saw from the live stream the resource collection looked pretty decent with a kind of a smart method of scanning the environment where you you just tap the side of your head and then the the environment scans so you can see all the resources uh, you collect those and then build your upgrades up and then the coolest thing that i thought was that um once you've got this module where you can climb you can just kind of climb anything so anything that's vertical you just climb so you kind of got this awesome verticality added to the game where you've kind of really got this sense of scale where you're climbing up really really high towers uh to activate them and get better sort of upgrades for your character um and then you had this awesome uh, mechanic where you were kind of flying along the clouds across the clouds of the stormland which kind of reminded me of a bit like megaton rainfall and suits superman you know kind of supermaning across the clouds which looked really cool as well so uh yeah i'm kind of really intrigued about this one um it's a shame that the gameplay that they showed from both the developers and cass and cherry it's not their fault by the way it's just the way oculus output is displayed that it kind of looked a bit cropped and a bit sort of reduced doesn't really give a good sort of representation yeah. of what the game's actually like in vr and i think this is a problem in vr in general but hopefully you know oculus uh will fix it eventually but yeah I think it's important that we highlight that because especially because if you look at the trailer of this game, it's playing right now on the on the video, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Like, and I'm sure that when you put a headset on, it looks equally gorgeous. But as soon as you start live streaming it or capturing this video on like the on the monitor, and I understand that, you know, because they, they want to reduce the quality of that so they can boost more quality to, you know, the the thing that you're actually seeing in your headset, which is the most important thing. But still, I would like to, this really made me feel like it's really a shame that there's still no method of capturing VR gameplay in a, in a really good manner, in like a really good way. Like even, even if it's really toxic on your hardware, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of us, of the content creators and all of us on here, would like invest in getting better equipment to like make sure that you can record better quality. Exactly, because to the people that care about it, they will invest in the more technology. So it's not it's not for everyone, but for the content creators and developers, developers that really want to show off the game that they've been working hard on and show it in its best yeah. possible yeah. representation. For them, I think it's, it's so important as well. But I think this is important for the industry as a whole. And, uh, you know, we, we've tried to stress this enough and we will be sort of highlighting this issue more, especially when we yeah. go to Oculus Connect where we'll have direct, you know, contact with Oculus and we can give them our feedback. Um, but yeah, but I, there I are say, examples like, out there, like Rec Room and the uh, Job Simulator. They 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 yeah. found ways around that and, yeah. and, and providing better quality. But and yeah, and Pixel mean, Ripped as well. Pixel Ripped, you know, yeah, they, they implemented yeah. their own FOV tweak yeah. to make it really nice for streamers and for them to show off the game as well. So Virtual hats off to them. Another one. Yep. Yeah, but it, it really it needs standardized tools to, to make it look 
It, yeah, exactly. Is this not puzzling to anyone that like a marketing department somewhere no. isn't just like fighting tooth and nail to like pump yeah. this out? Because like you no, give no, no. the tools and it's like it's... free advertising. Almost. Uh, unfortunately, we, we kind of know firsthand without going too deep into the details that it doesn't seem to be a priority for them. Um, you know, we've highlighted it so many times now that we kind of get bored of saying it. But it just it's just a shame Like when you get a big release like this that is kind of important for the industry i think and and certainly for oculus because it's a flagship title for them from a huge triple a developer that they don't have the option to show it yeah, off in its best light there are people in the chat saying like for for example pablo cesar says uh, rowdy if you have two computers you can do it but that's the thing like you you still can't because you have only one output coming out like and I, I i mean i run two computers and i could easily like get like the the two times a 4k stream on there uh, mm. like like okay I, I wouldn't be able to stream it but i would still be able to record it in 4k no problem with both of my computers so i mean the hardware i don't think really is the problem because there are people like us that will invest in hardware to get that top-notch quality uh, yeah. but it's just the the, the the technology or the, the tools are not there for us to to, to do it and that's annoying nah. especially with a game like stormland because it looks so freaking beautiful yeah. I, it also really depends on where the the marketing focus lies, right? I mean, uh, for for a game like Stormland, I would have picked a different way of announcing the first gameplay. Uh, I don't think this was this was like the right way to do that. Like they should have gone for what you see at E3 or Gamescom, where someone plays it in a very cinematic way, and people can see all the like gameplay aspects of it within like the first 15, 20 minutes. And over there, they just went for people that were experienced with VR that could show it up and people that had no clue. And 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 it's going all over the place because people are so curious and you kind of get motion sick while watching it. And at this moment, I feel like the, the marketing focus at Oculus at least is more people need to try and then they will see that it's great. But I think there is also a very big, like, like uh, important thing there where you need to focus on how people watch VR before they try it. Because... When we went at Gamescom 2, we, we saw people playing Moss. At Moss, you could only see the left lens. It was like squeezed out and was in a very strange format. You don't get excited when you watch that. Then you no. also don't want to try it. And with Marvel Powers United, where it's really about like being united, there was just a very tiny little Spider-Man picture there, but no big screen showing people like, wow, this is VR. You got to stand in that line now because this is epic. So I feel like there is a lot that needs to be worked on on the on the pancake marketing side you know yeah, for sure what, for sure from what you guys saw in this uh, you know what what excites you if, between the trailer and the gameplay i try to stay away from the gameplay because i don't want to spoil the game for myself but the mechanics thing, wise hud wise you know like what did you see that so we didn't, we didn't this? see any co-op gameplay um but that is the thing that excites me the most like actually jumping in with you guys and exploring the stormland together and going on raids together like co-op raids because that's kind of what they're promising like destiny style raids yeah. uh, that that's the most exciting thing for me and just kind of experiencing that co-op experience in this big open world yeah. um and i, I, I just think hope it has it, a good story that that's for me like yeah. uh, i i really want to see that a, a good storyline like i want to like I had that great experience with Lone Echo, but ever since I've been, I mean, yeah, I had it with Moss maybe a little bit, yeah. Mm. But still, I, I'm I'm missing, I'm missing like a, a VR game that really like you know draws me in and grips me by the balls and twists it and be like, wow. yeah, 
That's what I want. You might have some recommendations for that. that <laughs> I, have a, I have a few, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So that that is that is Stormland. Uh, I think it is very exciting. I'm pleased to see that we've did get some gameplay, and it does kind of look like it's going to deliver in terms of a quality AAA VR game. Uh, mm. Sorry about the rant about the field of view and, and the recording thing, but it is it's just deep. a bugbear of ours. It hurts. Uh, the cut, cuts as deep as content creators. But you know, sorry, Mike. A question there, uh, just because I, I wanted to mention this. The thing that puzzled me the most was that the Oculus Go came with no easy way to broadcast. Uh, yeah, like you're going to trigger me now. But like, um, th- and this is this is what I worry about with Santa Cruz as well. You know, the, the, I'm hoping. The, uh, fingers crossed. But this is the thing. Like, w- you know, we'll talk to them directly, and we'll have you know our what? say. <laughs> you know what, Santa Cruz wise. I don't need like a way to like uh, stream it as long as that field of view is fine. Like like you figure out the rest, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. I have my doubts about that. Uh, yeah. We'll see. So, so, so now let's calm calm me down and talk about yes. something else. Please, stress level is going way too high. What's the next? pressure rising? This is this is RTX off. <laughs> RTX on. Okay, let's go. Okay, so let's talk about the Vive wireless module. So, um, you know, I'm no stranger to wireless VR technology. I've been using the, uh, the TPCast uh, with my Oculus Rift for a few months now. And although I wouldn't necessarily recommend the TPCast because of the complex setup and the, the poor first-party software, I would say that wireless VR is a game-changer. And, and, and really, if I can get wireless VR, then I'm all for it. Um, and when I tried the, Vi- the Vive wireless adapter on the Vive Pro at Gamescom, I was so impressed with the quality of the device it, it sat nicely on the head it wasn't uncomfortable it was light the battery pack was also light and clipped into a belt which was an ideal solution um, and i had no latency issues whatsoever and i really felt like i was on a, a wired vive pro although i had the freedom to completely move around my my play space so it got me really excited and interested in the the vive uh, wireless adapter and next week um it's actually launching for pre-orders so on the 5th of september the website will be go live. You can actually pre-order the device and we'll start shipping later on in the month. Um, but if you're interested in it, the, the pricing in the UK is £299 for the Vive, original Vive, £364 for the Vive Pro. So it is a little bit more expensive. Um, in the US, it's US dollars for the Vive and US dollars for the Vive Pro. Now, what I was looking at was, I don't think there's actually much difference in the module itself. I think the module is the same, regardless whether you buy the Vive or the Vive Pro model. It's just the way the adapters or it's designed to clip onto the headset that is different. Um, because what I noticed was, and I don't know if any of you guys have noticed this, but if you connect it to a Vive, an OG Vive, the cables run into the top of it. Whereas if you connect it to a Pro, the cables run into the bottom of it. But those slots for those cables are on both versions of the device, so you could use you could you could swap it between a, a, a pro and, and an ordinary Vive if you had a solution to mount it. That is, uh, so it's kind of interesting, I guess. But I, yeah, I think oh, yeah. I think uh, they're selling they're going to be selling different modules for the uh, for the Vive Pro and uh, for the for the original yeah. Vive. I think a, a different clip on. That's no? a little D- different more expensive yeah. for a Vive Pro, right? Yeah, like, yeah. but I think yeah. the, the, the module itself is th- is the same module. It's got like a HDMI in the top, but it's yeah. got a Display Port at the bottom, so it's the same oh, module. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, is there also a way you can like buy extra uh, batteries? Because I think I don't know. Some people might need like three hours of battery, but there are also people that 
Yeah, I want more. more. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be inevitable that they sell those batteries on the website or link to a battery that you can buy that's a third party one that you could also use. Because, uh, you know, the TP Castle was just an anchor battery that you could buy off like, um, uh, you know, Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this uh, package, you know, you don't just get the module, you don't just get the adapters. You also get two months free subscription to Viveport, which you might be uh, super, super oh, yeah. hyped about. Smart. Um, Smart. But. Just be aware that you will need a PCIe slot for this. So it's not going to work for laptops. If you've got a laptop that you play with your Vive on, that's not going to work. You need a space in your motherboard to slot something in. And I think it's just like a one X card. So it's one of the, the little tiny ones. Mm. Um, so it's not going to be that taxing, but uh, you do need a slot. That's one thing to take note of. I think that, I think they will sell a decent amount of like uh, wireless kits for the Vive. I don't know how many people really own a Vive Pro. That's for the elite. I think arcades will buy a lot too. Mm. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't feel like the, the people that do own a Vive right now, some people will be fine with wires, I think. And mm. some will buy it, but it's still a very small like uh, yeah. audience that will. I have to say though, like since I've been using the Vive Pro a lot recently, because like my Rift is still broken, um, I, I do miss having a wireless headset. Like I do miss having that, that sort of wireless freedom of moving around my play space. Mm-hmm. You know, but when I was playing course, Torn the other day, I was getting like wrapped up in the cable because I was spinning around so much. That's of course a, a big difference because you know, you, you've already experienced being wireless for, yeah, for a yeah. while. And a lot of people who have the yeah. original Vive, they have no problem with the, like I myself, I, I also don't have a problem with the cable, but of course it's a, it's a nice upgrade, but the try. question is, yeah. is it worth the amount of money kind of upgrade if you've never experienced it before? Because in terms what's of the quality, in terms yeah, of- what's the- What's the total adding the two pieces together for the for the Vive Pro for the the adapter plus the uh, the wireless kit? All oh, right, so like I say, it's like three hundred quid in in pounds or three hundred dollars. So it's it's expensive bit of kit, substantial investment. It's, it's Is it worth the money? Lifter. Like uh, we're getting like a wireless adapter now, so you can play your games you're playing now wireless or. You have nothing to play for the upcoming months because you wanted to have this. Yeah, of course, you you're going to play games. Money to even yeah. play the, the newer yeah. game. So I mean, like, let's say for for a casual consumer, yeah, it's no. kind of like okay, so I'm not going to buy any of the new games in no. the upcoming months, but I do have a wireless adapt. I think this is more for people that are like, I always go to Onward, I always go into Rec Room, I have my my friends there, my family there, you know, people yeah. that spend so much time in VR, being social, living in the metaverse. I think those people are going to buy it. But if you're okay. someone that plays a game, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and those of you so that are like kind again. of early adopters and like to live on the cutting edge, you know, those, those kind of people as well, you know, like the people that would go out and buy the latest mobile device every time, you know, that, that kind of person yes. with deep pockets will enjoy this one. Yeah. I think um, it's not unreachable accessory wise though. So if I, if I consider like the, the, the wheel was about around about the kind of 250, 300 mark, mm-hmm. a sub pack was kind of similar as well. So as an accessory, if you think about it, bolting it on, if it gives you that freedom, yeah. someone mentioned onward, you know, I, I can see there being a market for it, but like Nathan says, it's quite yeah. slim pickings. Yeah. So that's going to be up for pre-order on the 5th of September, and then we'll be releasing later on in the month, shipping out to you. The other release I want to talk about this uh, week is Virtual Virtual Reality, which was uh, one of my favorite games on the Oculus Go, and that's going to be releasing on PC VR headsets finally. So if you haven't played the game, uh, you can now check it out on the Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. Um, If you're not familiar with the game, it's set in a future where most human jobs are completely automated now, and the sole role of humanity is to serve the kind of AI overlords who get you to 
do menial tasks to basically just entertain them. It's kind of hilarious. You work for this company called Activitude. Uh, you're a virtual labor management company and you work for AI clients. There's some really quirky and genuinely funny parts of the game. Like there's a, a, a block of butter that basically hires you just to stick mm. pieces of toast on him <laughs> uh, for, for his entertainment. Um, it kind of gave me that kind of portal vibe of that kind of, you know, sort of dystopian so future good. with a bit of comedy. Um, it's so it's, good. Like it, it's, it's almost one of those titles that I would say, well, I, I think it is one of those titles that I would say that you just have to try. Yeah, it's super try. weird when you talk and, about it. And it's just as good as on, on Oculus Go as it is on, uh, on any of the other VR headsets, I think. Mm. So Great game, but I'm totally puzzled by this, Mike. What are you saying that this... I played this on PC two months ago. So do you mean it's coming to the Steam store? That's not possible, I think. That you no, play it's coming... It you played it on Go, you because it, it's on. It's, it's it's coming to Steam and Oculus Home on the seventh of September. Course thought he was on PC and the Go. It's that good. Yeah. No, I compared the two versions. That's why I did a comparison <laughs> between the two. Okay. Did? Okay. Yeah, you are a time traveler then. That's really weird. This is Zim from okay. the future. Hey, Zim from the future. I'm going to check my Zim. library here. Zim from the future. So what's the release date on it? Seventh of September. All right, give me so a next, second. Next, next, next. <laughs> I'll check um, this on the side. Be confused. But, but the, 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 the really cool mechanic of this game that we haven't touched on is the fact that when you're in VR, you can actually pick up virtual reality headsets in the game and put them <laughs> on, and then you're in another world, and then you can put another one on and you're in another world. So it's kind of like VR Inception. <gasps> virtual virtual reality three months ago. Oh, it's maybe, it's, maybe it's just coming to Rift uh, um, Vive then. Um, it must be it must, it must be the steam release from what i'm seeing yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so apologies for that correction yeah. from Jim <laughs> I was like, he, he, he was an <laughs> imposter from the future but no, he we is were... in fact right so we'll give him give him the benefit of the doubt this time thank yeah. you I, I, time. I was about to roast him again but uh, never mind yeah. save that roast save that roast of course okay so let's move on to one of our main topics then and that is that thumper is coming to oculus go hmm. and uh this is this is just coming to Oculus Go. No one's going to correct us this time. This is the facts. <laughs> um, I know it's kind, of, it's kind of exciting because we haven't really had any decent Oculus Go titles that have been announced or that we know that are coming soon to the platform. So it seems like, you know, this is kind of a, a bit of fresh news for us. Time to get excited about the Oculus Go again. And Thumper, if you've not tried it, is an awesome game. Like uh, the developers Drool announced a couple of days ago via Twitter that it's coming to Oculus Go in September. They also confirmed that it's going to be the full VR experience. So it's not going to be trimmed down in any way. And it's going to be the first time that it's going to be on a mobile VR platform. So uh, if you're not familiar with the game, you control a chrome beetle that is going down a track in kind of a hellish nightmare kind of scenario environment. And uh, you've kind of got this really dark, thumping music that you basically control the beetle to kind of hit the sides of the walls and interact with objects on the track in time with the music. And they call it rhythm violence because it is just that. It's just so visceral and the way you kind of smash into the aggressive. sides of the walls is so aggressive. Yeah, it is. It's totally yeah. aggressive. But it's such an awesome game. It's totally fun. And you guys have played this one as well, right? Beat it. I haven't yet. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yet. You have to, Rowdy. This yeah. is, but I'm 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 so puzzled as to how the controller design is going to work with that tiny little you know thumb pad and trigger. The main thing is you get to segments in this game when you're like two thirds the way and and just getting towards the end, where literally your brain is is doing stuff that your body isn't even registering. Like like the amount of 
turns on the thumbstick and button presses that you get. And that's before you even move into plus mode. There's a plus mode that's even feckin' tougher. And I haven't been able to clear almost even a third of those stages. They're just insanely hard. So I don't I know how that's going to awesome. translate to this little it, thing. I just really just find it awesome the that game. they chose like a, um, uh, how is it called? Like a beetle. To, <laughs> why is yeah. it a beetle? Oh, so, no, no, you'll love him by the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've already seen the trailer. It looks freaking awesome. So I, I reached out to the developers and said, you know, because I was intrigued by the whole control method thing as well. Like I thought they were going to use a gamepad, uh, but they actually confirmed via Twitter today that they're just sticking with the Oculus Go controller only. And wow. they may update with gamepad support in the future, but it's not going to be on release. And oh. I was like, okay, so are you going to be using gesture controls then? You know, like slamming oh, into the walls oh, with a gesture? No, 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 no. No, but they're, they're not going to be doing that. It's just going to be button pushes, but okay. it's going to be based on where you push on the trackpad and the trigger. Oh. So like you say, I think it's going to be pretty difficult to play on Go. I'm intrigued it, to try it out, but I'm a little bit Mike, skeptical. You had the, a great idea there. I think they should bring controller support because that is that to finish that game on that little thing, I'm going to try, but my yes, God. So the question is, will this little uh, remote uh, uh, be able to handle these these crazy like pushes of like, you know, like usually you're just like casually using it and now it's like, ah, die. Like you're just gonna be so aggressive. I, yeah, I want no, normally it's like, you know, spot on. It's gonna be the ultimate test for this little controller. Mm. Mm. But it's gonna be running at 60 frames per second as well, from what the devs have said. Mm. So it's gonna, like, it's gonna look, it's gonna look like lots so, of smooth. And yes. with the optics of the Go, it's gonna look super oh, nice. So uh, yeah. finally, I'm every to going back, back to the Go. Absolutely, because in terms of like releases, we've only got Thumper, uh, Arcus Path, and Cova really to look forward to in terms of like really meaty games to look forward to um oculus yeah. should make some more games themselves again for the just for the go they make exclusives for the for the riv but it's true come up with some ghost stuff. stories but i would imagine oculus are probably busy right now focusing a lot of their attention on santa cruz and pushing <laughs> developers they, to, they are to busy, start for that they are busy uh rolling out the red carpet for you when you come to uh, connect yeah they will they will <laughs> <laughs> but all of us are going to be there, so we'll all be on that red carpet together. We can all feel that beautiful velvet on our on under our feet. Can I wear a purple sequin dress, Mike? Sure, Thanks. do it. You can wear whatever you want. Can I can I cosplay as Rowdy? <laughs> sure. No, no. Oh. Okay, we should just cosplay as each other. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, that's such a good Okay, idea. you know what? Uh, Zim can be Mike, so because I don't yeah. want to lose my. He's hair. got the beard. He's got the beard already. You just have to shave his head. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so let, let's move on then. Let's move on. Let's talk about the the Acer OJO 500 headset. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. What is that? Is that a UFO? So this is the funny thing about this headset. It's actually pronounced. If you if you watch the trailer and listen to the guy, he pronounces it the Oho. So it's the Acer <laughs> the, the Acer Oho. O the Acer Oho 500. Yeah, Oho, I like it already. It, I want to have this headset now. It, I play it with seems Oho like, today. It seems like a product name taken straight out of the 80s. You know, the Oho 500. Um, <laughs> I, love anyway, I, I love the name already. It's kind, of, it's kind of fitting that it goes alongside with Windows Mixed Reality as one of the, the worst product <laughs> names of all time. They just confused the heck out of everyone from, you know, in, involved in virtual reality. So it kind of works. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> we, we had a surprise announcement this week from Acer, from IFA uh, 2018. 
uh, and they were showing off their new headset. And uh, just like the previous Acer headset in the family, it will be part of the Windows Mixed Reality group. So it will be under Windows Mixed Reality and it will use their same inside out tracking technology. Now, their first headset uh, was the cheapest MR headset you can buy, uh, but this one's going to be a little bit pricier. Um, but it's not that much of an upgrade in terms of specs over the original one because they haven't really changed much. You know, um, All they've really done is change the design and added built-in audio features, uh, which is kind of cool because audio was one of my main criticisms over the Dell min Windows Mixed Reality headset that I tried because it didn't have any built-in audio. Um, but this new headset from Acer, it features a sound pipe. So similar to that of the Oculus Go, that it pipes audio in from the headset itself. So you don't have to wear headphones and you don't have to use the built-in audio headphones that comes on their hard strap. Uh, it will just pipe in audio to your ears, which is kind of cool. Um, it also has uh, a hard strap and a soft strap. So this is going to sound I'm trying to avoid the word strap on here, um, but but basically the hard strap. It's getting better uh, and better. Yeah, sorry. It's getting really sorry. hot in here, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> the hard strap features uh, headphones that kind of look like the Oculus Rift headphones. However, they do plug in via a, a headphone jack. <laughs> oh <laughs> the, yes. There is there is there is then a soft a soft strap which is just like. The Oculus Go strap, you know, it kind of just is a material one that wraps around your head. Oh, where do you plug that one in? <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna lose track here. But the headset itself features the same resolution, which is 2880 by 1440 display, still 90 hertz, still 100 degree field of view. Um, but the only thing that's really different is the fact that you can remove the front of this device. So the actual whole front of the headset, where the optics and the lenses sit can be detached and uncoupled from the head strap itself. So what's, mm. what's the purpose of that? Is that like a nursing bra? I mean, what? why do you take this thing off? Good question. Nobody actually knows right now. Um, <laughs> it could be hypothetically that if you wanted to buy a higher resolution display in the future, that you could just buy the display module with the lenses <laughs> and then just clip that on and then you would have an upgraded headset. But um, yeah. Well, I mean, is, isn't that part like mostly like the, the most expensive part often? So, yeah. But the other thing they mentioned in their marketing about why they implemented this was that they could use it in environments where you got a lot of high user turnover and that you could have multiple straps that are going through a cleaning process and then the, the, the front just clips off and then onto the clean strap and then that kind of rotates the straps in, okay. in that way. Kind of makes got sense. Some, uh, we got some valuable input from the chat though. Like uh, people were saying yeah. that... Uh, Ojo, or whatever you pronounce this, is actually uh, I for uh, Spanish I. So, ah, Spanish fry. Ah, and then uh, Paradise Decay, it's a brilliant name. Like uh, it's nicknamed the Ho. <laughs> and then uh, Fruk Roji was uh, was asking, uh, can you explain those straps again? Because we weren't listening. <laughs> uh, like uh, I'm not going to go into the straps again. <laughs> no more straps. But, uh, um, <laughs> Seriously though, the, yeah. the the trailer they uh, put out on on YouTube of this 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 Oho was uh, was amazing. Like my compliments. This was the first time, for me at least, where I was like, hey, this trailer. It's so clear what this headset does, what kind of features it has, and they had like a cool voice with it. It was kind of epic. It's kind of like they like like some kind of like razor commercial where they have like a new mice or. Something like that. So I, I got to say, like the way they, I know the name is kind of strange, but now it makes more sense. Now we know that it's a Spanish word. But um, the way they promoted this 
was kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. Well, also, like, the display is going to have a flip-up thing. So just like the other mixed reality headsets, yeah, it flips up, which it I think is, nice. is great for developers. Not so. I'm still not convinced on that design for consumers because I don't think it brings the headset close enough to your eyes. It's certainly the problem that I've had when I've used a headset like that because with every other headset you use, the, you know, the, 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 it seals your eyes in, whereas if it's resting on a hinge, you can all, always get that resistance where it's not quite sitting flush. No, you're um, right. For a developer, like, like a headset like that yeah, on the road is, is amazing. Like, yeah, it's of very course. handy. Very of handy. Course. Um, obviously, it's People going to be saying as well that uh, the price is actually too high for a release date of quarter four of 2018. Yeah, because it's going to be 399 US dollars and it's going to be releasing in November. Um, but lots of competition there. Lots of competition. It's going to be compatible with SteamVR, of course, and of course, the Microsoft Store. But uh, just remember if you're buying a headset like this, you're going to need a Bluetooth dongle for your PC oh, or your laptop. Oh they don't yeah. bundle them in the boxes. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you'll need some battery recharging solution because these Windows Mixed Reality controllers burn through batteries so quickly, it's unreal. Like, yeah. they're going to just last yeah. a few oh, days. Wait, wait, I'm kind of lost here. Like, why is the Bluetooth dongle necessary again? To communicate with the controllers. The controllers are Bluetooth? Yes. And, and uh, like, for me... <laughs> I love Rowdy's face right now. Please for me, be full screen. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I had to dig out my um, adapter, like my wireless adapter for my motherboard that was in the loft, and it, oh, it was a nightmare. Um, but, yeah, it's just one thing to be uh, aware of. Obviously, if you've got, a P, uh, you know, a laptop, then you're going to be fine. Like, I, I've seen a lot of Windows Mixed Reality users use laptops to power their headsets. But it's kind of strange that although you've got access to Steam VR, like, Microsoft really hasn't come out with another with a first party title yet, you know, it's kind of, a, it's still a bit strange. It's, it's quiet on their front. You've got Halo Recruit, Halo. that's all we've, yeah. But they have their own platform, they have the Windows Store. Yeah, uh, but there's no, nothing first party from Microsoft on there other than Halo Recruit. What if, what if this new headset is going to be compatible with the next generation play, uh, PlayStation uh, Xbox? Yeah, that would be great. Because then, then people would... are like, well, you know what, this price, hey, it's not that expensive anymore. Yeah. That would be really interesting. If that's the way that this market went, uh, then I'd be way more interested in the Windows Mixed Reality. <laughs> rumor has it, but I, I don't know. Uh, it's always know. Christmas. Around Christmas, crazy stuff happens, people. So uh, yeah. you never know. But then Don't again, you know, although I kind of give give some shit to Windows Mixed Reality, you know, I think it is great that we've got more competition in the marketplace. It does have a place in the market because a lot of these headsets are relatively cheap compared to the others, Definitely. and they're super easy to set up. So you've got to give them credit for that, I guess. And it, and, it, and it is a big community too. It's a very large community who owns these headsets and play mm. all kinds of games. So it's not like a, an underdog thing anymore. Mm. Oh, no, definitely not. It's just a shitty name. MR, MR, MR whatever. Yeah. It just yeah. confused the crap out of everyone. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thanks. Um, <laughs> this is a cantankerous old Becker's podcast, doesn't it? Sorry. <laughs> it's just all complaints. It, 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 you had me triggered at the display output, and ever since then I've been in like a kind of like a rage mood. Sorry, sorry, Microsoft. Rowdy hasn't seen people in a while, okay? Yeah. I've been locked in this I, well, room. You can tell that from his shirt. It's fine. But I have to say, like, I have to say, because Acer are doing something else in the VR market space that is way more interesting, in my opinion, and that is the collaboration with Starbreeze and their Star VR headset. Like, from what I've heard this week, you know, I watched um, Sebastian Windows, uh, you know, MRTV's video of the Star VR, and he was like, this is the best thing ever he's ever experienced in VR. And he's a VR veteran like us, you know, I respect his opinion. Also, he's got hands-on with the Pimax right now. So if he's saying that, then it's kind of worth taking, uh, paying attention to. And I know that the Star VR is going to be aimed at 
sort of uh, arcades mainly and enterprise. But according to the interview that you did with the, the people involved in uh, from Acer, is that consumers are going to be able to buy it from their website as well. So if you've got super deep pockets, oh my what, god, how are you going to run this thing? Like it, it, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like Tw- twenty twenty eighty Ti Rowdy, just sell a kidney, just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but how many of these do you need in, in, in consecutive slots? Uh, I'm sure you just need one. So there, there you go. So I am excited about what Acer are doing, but not necessarily this headset. Um, so let's move on to our final uh, topic this week, and that is Oculus Education Program. So this is a program that's rolling out from Oculus, and it starts with them providing VR experiences to public libraries in California. Now, they've got loads of strands to this kind of education program that they're rolling out. They're helping uh, doctors and nurses with, um, you know, hands-on training that they can sort of do these kind of really delicate and and dangerous operations in VR and test them out before they actually go hands-on with a patient, which is kind of interesting. Uh, But this separate one that they they sort of rolled out is that they're going to be adding uh, VR headsets to public libraries. So it means that more people all from all different walks of life will be able to try VR in their local library, well, in California for now, but maybe they're gonna roll it out into uh, other places in the future. So the partnership is with California State Library and they're piloting a program that will take place, uh, that will, will place 100 rifts and uh, 90 Oculus, uh, no, sorry, 100 rifts and Oculus ready PCs in 90 libraries across the California state. Um, and like I say, you know, it'll give people the opportunity to try VR for the first time, which I think is very ex- interesting. And the Oculus Education Program Manager, Cindy Ball, uh, stated, it's pretty cool to imagine how many people will try VR for the very first time and have that wow moment in their local libraries. We hope early access will cause people to feel excited and empowered to move beyond just experience VR and ask how they can become creators and innovators. So that's kind of their goal, to kind of inspire people Mm. to create stuff for their medium you know i hope they will show some like good storytelling like experience there then because that totally fits in that library mood as well yeah know? absolutely you know like the educational applications we've discussed before like you know the one that rowdy tried this week the titanic vr uh you know apollo 11 yeah. body vr they're all great educational apps that would fit perfectly in a, a library setting you know yeah, it would be nice actually to see oculus step away just a little bit from like the gaming community and also focus on that aspect of virtual reality because I think that's a a huge market for there as well. Like uh, just education in general and getting that, you know, kids experiencing educational stuff in in virtual reality. And that that could go very broader, like from experiencing history up to like uh, physiology of the human body, biology, you know, all the sciences, you can can explain that by means of virtual reality and get children really not only interested in virtual reality, but just in science in general, which will mm. boost education, which will boost sciences in general and, and just make the population smarter. That's, I think that's a, that's a great idea to do something like that. Also drops boundaries. And I, I think it's, I think it's a right placement, that kind of multimedia. I mean, I've seen this over, I mean, when I, when I was younger, libraries were for books and then, and then they added music and then they added film. And I was like, what, you can actually listen to CDs and like go watch a DVD and a local library. Like that was crazy. So this is just a natural extension of that. And I think it's great. Um, the thing you guys know, as, as I'm a dad, so I'm responsible for you know, the upbringing of a human being and, and educating her and him, my, my son and my daughter, um, is I wonder if they're going to enforce this, this age restriction. Like, will this actually be, and this is, this is going to sound like a funny question. Is this going to be something that is in an adult restricted section? Uh, because if it is, I think that's unfortunate because I think kids can really benefit from this. 
Um, I, I would hope not, because like you say, especially with the apps they're likely to show on this device, you know, from the educational part of Oculus's library, I would like to. I would like to think not. Yeah. But doesn't the Oculus right? itself have a have an age limit? The Oculus oh, I see itself? what you mean. Yeah. Right. So, so they they say. I, I think it's. I can't even remember the age but now. Officially, people like seriously. Yeah, 16? yeah, but is it sixteen? I, I think it's will try anyway. Yeah, of course. Sixteen? Is it sixteen? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> um, that's a good one. No, but like, like uh, there are like official rules, but that's the same with telling kids like, oh, they can play on their PlayStation and every 30 minutes they need to take a break because that's how like health, this and that and that. No one is doing that. So it's going to be the same with this or someone from Oculus is going to sit next to this Oculus like, yeah, yeah, but, are you? But don't, don't forget, you know, this, is, that, this is the US, huh? like people will yeah. sue you oh, yeah, there. The in exactly. Europe, of course, they that will laugh right. in your face and be like, you know, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, you, we, we. Yeah, you're right. But in the US, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, like people sue that's, there, that's like, a good reason to many sue. Hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's but kind of that is, that is it's good. kind of interesting that not only you know VR arcades might be pushing mm -hmm. you know your first opportunity to try VR, but also mm -hmm. that your local library might as well. I think that's kind of an interesting idea. People um, in the chat, by the way, are saying that it's twelve, and uh, Vox Deme has said it's due to eye, eye development. If that is a reason, I think that's a really bad reason because uh, there's not enough research re regarding that. So they can't say it's due to eye development. They also can't say it's not due to eye development, but they definitely can't oh. say that it's due to eye development. No way. It's, not, it's been out for how long? Two years? Is what he's saying. And that, yeah, that yeah. is what they say in their literature. So. so, yeah, there we have it. So Oculus are sort of pushing the way in terms of education in VR. It's kind of interesting, you know. I think I just I just found out that I'm not allowed to play VR games. <laughs> not old enough. Not old enough. <laughs> I, Get him out. I, I, need to, I need to quit. Get him out. Where is that offline picture I had for Nathy last time? Let me let me find yeah. it back. <laughs> I was going to say, like, this, these kinds of apps for me are... are um, maybe a third of the draw into VR. Like, I mean, I just did something this week that I really didn't expect to go into. It was, it was a kind of a 360 video. I think it was on the go. Yeah. And it was, um, it was, it was called meet the monster. Um, and I recommend you guys check it out only because it's a boundary pusher. Um, it, it's a bit of an uncomfortable one to watch, but it's about a girl who brought up in a tough environment. I should say white girl. Cause it, she goes in down the route of hate crimes and, you know, really devout into this thing you know, swastikas all over the kind of thing. And then she comes out of it. And it, it's about that journey of like seeing the other side of the fence, like how she got mm. there, how she got out of there, did jail time and that, and you know, how she's recovered. But that's definitely not a subject I would have ever, you know, gone looking for on the web. Uh, no. So having that be there a click away on the go and then mm. trying it and having received that education, you know, mm. now I'm better off for it. I understand that kind of seeded point of that's how someone can get to there and then recover from it. So it's interesting right. you said that because it just reminded me of something else that I saw, but I can't remember which platform it's on, but it's a VR experience where you're placed in scenarios where something bad is happening in front of you and you have to make the subconscious choice whether you would intervene or not. So it could be like, uh, you know, you're on the bus and you're seeing a guy maybe, you know, huh. verbally abusing his girlfriend or something like do you step in and intervene or do you not? Or, you know, someone's just uh, stolen someone's phone or something. Do you intervene or do you not? Like it, it kind of tests that flight or flight reaction in your body. Like even from just watching it, you'll feel like whether you want to get involved or you'll just back away. And, and it's a reaction that you don't necessarily really have any control over. It's kind of completely natural. But I thought that I was kind of an interesting... <laughs> you always step in. <laughs> I remember actually just talking about this, talking about intervening. You actually got involved in something 
when we started this show, like in yeah. the early days of this show, and you you kind of said that it was because of virtual reality that you felt like you it empowered you to step in. Is that actually right? Yeah, I mean, what what happened is that I, I saw a guy that was uh, abusing his I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend, and uh, I I kind of like got so triggered that I I kind of grabbed the guy and tried to pull him off to stop him from doing it. Um, and he then got really angry with me and said it was not my, my time and place to, to, to do anything there, which was a fair point. But at the same time, I, I'm, I mean, I, I, I just can't sit by and just let no, that happen. And yeah. I have that even I, 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 I said that probably because I, I tried that uh, that other game in virtual that cardboard game where you get like uh, uh, you need to choose uh, with the AI car if you're going to drive over the kids, uh, the, the kids or you're going to oh, drive right. to the ravine and kill yourself. And uh, right. it kind of reminded me of that in, in a way that you're like faced with like a, like some kind of like dilemma and you need to choose. Am I going yeah. to intervene or am I going to not do anything? But, yeah. Yeah. Real life superhero, Rowdy. Real life superhero. <laughs> Real life but Mike, superhero. if you ever come uh, come up with that name, I'd love to know it because I'd love to give that one a go. Yeah, yeah I will look into it for sure for you, yeah, because it is an interesting one. I just remember reading it and thinking, that sounds really cool. Um, if you're up for something heavy, the other one that I'd recommend is, is one called Testimony. Most of these are like 360 videos, so don't expect like super quality. But mm. the kind of paces that it'll put you through, that's probably that actually is the only VR thing that I've had to take the headset off for. It's called wow. Testimony. Mm. So. Okay. There you go. Test yourself. Uh, if you've got any questions in the comments, now is the time to ask them. Uh, we're just going to wrap this week's show up. So just a reminder, it's a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Or check out the audio version, which is on Google Play Music, iTunes and on SoundCloud. So if you've got any questions, fire away. Got a lovely question here from earlier, Mike. Oh. Did you guys play Firewall? No. <laughs> uh, no. no. I want to very badly, um, but we're just waiting for access. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I really want to play that but, game. But Mike, you can just buy it. Well, I, I, I think I will have to. I think I'll have to. I'm just going to bite the bullet. Um, yeah. You guys want to yeah. Talk to you later about it. Let's, let's, let's make a date. Usually, usually I come up with excuses, Wait, but for this one, there is no excuse. What's your excuse, Nathie? No. Come on. Nathie, no, there's, Nathie no, there's no excuse. No, no, like there's one excuse I could make, and that is that I'm upgrading my PC and that my like capture card that I used to record PlayStation VR footage isn't really working that well. So for me, it would be like, I join you guys playing the game, but I can't really record it Oh, myself. you just don't want to you, you just don't want to just play with us because you like us. You only want to play with us because you want to record. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys are very relevant, that's why. Right, right, I see. <laughs> Using us. Using us. <laughs> yeah, I exposed myself three times on this yeah. like podcast already. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. So any other questions yeah. to expose Nathy? Uh, <laughs> what about yeah, TP so... cast? Can oh, you okay. see Nathy? I I've got a very small window on my side, so uh, TP cast. Uh, let me see. I don't see that. The TP yeah, cast, it, no, it, it, it does work. Like, let's just be clear about it. It does work. It's, it's a functioning piece of kit. However, the, the field of view is slightly reduced when you play with it. Does TP cast still reduce the image size in the headset or did third party software get around that? No, it does. It does reduce it. Uh, not so much. I don't think it's not a, a problem on the Vive, but it is a problem on the Rift. Um, it reduces the, the field of view ever so slightly. Like 
if I didn't mention it, you probably would never notice it. But it's because I use the Rift every single day that I even notice that kind of fractions trim down field of view. So yes, it does reduce it ever so slightly, but I wouldn't say that it hampers the experience in any way, put it that way. Mike, was that experience you tried called Being the Bystander? That, that I haven't tried it, I heard of it, but I believe that's what it's called, yes. Being the Bystander, oh, okay. Okay. yes. So uh, we have one, uh, one more um, from uh, Campo. Mm -hmm. uh, do the current games match the age demographics of VR owners and players? Interesting. I think question. that I think that's an interesting interesting question, but um, I think what happens in, in in VR it depends a lot on the games as well. Like if you go into Rec Room, there will be a lot of kids that are playing that, and that are not necessarily the kids that are owning the headsets, but it are the parents that are owning the headsets that are playing different games, and not Rec Room. But the kids then go in, into into Rec Room because that's the, the kind of games that 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 they like to play. I do think there's a good diversity in virtual reality games and applications for a, a lot of different ages and a lot of different, uh, you know, like also men and women. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, that goes uh, for both genders, for specifically for women or specifically for men. So mm -hmm. I do think that the demographics are actually fairly, uh, fairly broad in VR. Yeah, I do too. I agree. I do. I agree. Um, yeah. But there's, well, there's not many people developing because of those restrictions. For kids, right? I can't tell you many VR apps well, that be, I know that are targeted. Good reason, like there are not that many kids' games. I uh, I totally agree. There really are. Yeah. No, interesting. True. Cool. Well, I mean, so uh, there we have it. Kids' oh, games. Uh, I mean, from twelve years on, you can. I would still call a twelve-year-old a kid, though, right? Yeah, up until sort of sixteen, really. Yeah, I'm yeah. still a kid. <laughs> We're all still kids. <laughs> Otherwise, well, we wouldn't I'm, be I'm, here. Well, yeah, I'm twelve, so I can't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so there we have it the the 12 year old podcast is coming to an end yes. i hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this one uh i hope you have a great week in virtual reality and we'll be back next week delivering you the freshest vr news as always and uh hopefully i won't be as triggered next week i promise <laughs> so uh have a great week in vr and until then bye bye from all of us and yeah take care bye, bye. see ya bye bye, -bye.